I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Just a note to say that this podcast contains spoilers and some adult themes. Hell yeah. Did you ever take the rice purity test? Oh no, what is that? You've never heard of the rice purity test? <laughs> what, the rice the purity test? Yeah, rice purity, like rice university. Uh-huh, it's okay. it's just a university in the US and they, they created this purity test where you have to basically tick all the things you've done and it's like a like a list of like a hundred things and they get spicier and spicier. But it also has things like getting arrested and stuff on it. Oh my god. And then god. you get a score at the end. And the lower your score, I think the 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 less pure you are. Or like it's the other way around. I don't know. Anyway, oh. this film makes me think of that. <laughs> Because it just like it just gets more sexual and more and more intense. Um, I mean, as it's the film just progresses. It's a whole BDSM poly situation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Come through. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're live. Did I make you nervous, Corky? I'm a homosexual. Lesbian. I'm a homosexual. I have loved you the way they said. You fancy gears? I'm having a proper full-on gay crisis. Hello and welcome to Gay Actually. Thanks for being here. It's gonna be a fun old gay time. Pitch Perfect is a lesbian musical film. <laughs> of course, of course. I want to carry off badass lesbian chic like Kate Blanchett can. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I I haven't done anything particularly gay as of lately. No, I think. That's why, why we don't is my do memory the, so bad? Um, no, COVID. Oh wait, no, that COVID. was me. That, that was you. <laughs> 
my memory is bad. Case in point. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going a bit slow um, at the moment. You can make your joke about us being sick. Yes. Yeah, I'll do the intro. That's a good good point. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the UK Film Review Podcast. This week, you've got us, your friends at Gay Actually. Welcome back. We missed you. Gay, gay, gay. Yes. This is the podcasting series for all of your LGBTQ plus film content. My name is Amber, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful and amazing Joyce. Hi, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Amber. I like to spice it up every time. Keep it keep it fun. You don't know well, what's spice is on theme. Yeah. Yes, thank you for having us back on this platform. Um, we also have another series on Spotify, also called Gay Actually. Um, if you want some more film, TV, web series, queer content, we're over there. Check us out. Um, mm-hmm. We're also on Instagram at Gay Actually Podcast. So you can check us out there as well. Mm. Uh, please do. No one has emailed gayactuallyuk at gmail.com. Guys, we know that email isn't cool anymore, okay? We all get it. Get out those keyboards. Get typing. Come on. Give us that email signature. Send it from your work email. F*** around. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't say that. Fudge around. Have fun. (laughs) I don't know. Um, As you can see, we are deliriously delirious because yet again, one of us has been ill. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Accidental growling. Yes, my uh, voice is a bit because I've just had COVID. Literally, we recorded. Um, what day did we record? Was it a Thursday, Wednesday? We recorded virtually because you were still feeling a bit rough. And then, literally, two days later, I had COVID. I was literally thinking, like, we didn't even good see that, each we, other. that we recorded virtually. Yeah. Well, I'll probably get COVID at some point because everyone's getting COVID and everyone's sick. I feel like it's just one pool of germs in the world right now. Like London it, is you a petri COVID, dish. Literally, it's everyone I know is sick, and then everyone yeah. I know is sick. They get better and then they get sick again. Which yeah. me, which happens to you. Me, I've been yeah. sick for a month. I know. That's this is what I'm worried about. Is that I just need to not. <laughs> I just I'm just gonna wrap myself up. I need um, to start wintering abroad. <laughs> like next year, I'll probably go to Spain. Do it! Oh, yeah. Tenerife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting too old for this. Amen. Hey, I'm nearly twenty-six. Yeah. You are. Oh my God, it's almost your birthday. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're recording a couple more before my birthday, but yeah, but soon. Mm-hmm. Tis soon. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I'm only is six it? months away. Well, after you, I only have six months of... I think of... this is true. I think 26 might be a little bit of a crisis for me because my mum had me when she was 26. Dude. Yeah, and I'm kind of like... Obviously, like I don't, <laughs> I don't use that as a marker for my life, but it is just kind of mind-blowing that like my mum was this age. My mum was 24 when she had my brother wild so mad respect because i can't even make myself lunch (laughs) (laughs) i was like this morning i was like 
why do I feel like everything sucks? And I was like, oh, you've not eaten anything today. <laughs> oh, bless. It was like 11 a.m. And I was like, mm, ah, yes. It's so tough, isn't Hanger. it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard being a working woman, functioning oh, my God. woman. Um, yeah I was the same yesterday the kitchen was busy all night and I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting to go cook and by the time I actually got to cooking I was like furious like no one could talk to me no one could talk to me I was like furiously like roasting my asparagus like "Mm." (laughs) at least healthy healthy yeah Mm. Yeah. I had to get ready to watch that film oh speaking of excellent segue (laughs) Joyce (laughs) Which film are we talking about as per your request today? We are talking about drumroll. It's definitely in the title, but still drumroll. Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Ooh. Ooh. I always now thought it was Wonder is... Woman. And then now it makes oh a God. lot more sense. Amber, I'm so happy you mentioned this because to this day, to, to well, this day being yesterday... I just had no idea what the title of this film was. Like Doctor, I, I kept typing in Doctor Marston and like the Wonder Woman or Doctor Marston's Wonder Woman or Professor Marston <laughs> Wonder Woman Women. I don't know. God, what yeah, a title! It's, um, it's quite a mouthful of a title. It's quite long. Um, yeah, I was looking at it and I was like, because I rented it on YouTube, mm. and I was like, it's Wonder Women. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> Right. So I was like, cool, yeah, he wrote Wonder Woman. Cool, cool, cool. And then I was like, wait. <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah. No, it really, yeah. really messed with me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, oh my God, I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm so excited to talk about this. So it came out in 2017, right? Is that, did you watch it when it first came out or did you watch it no. later? Have you watched it multiple later. times? I didn't know it existed until... Well, actually, I think I watched it in like 2018 or 19, which is not that long after it came yeah, out. Yeah, I think I, I'm the same as well. Again, didn't know it existed and then watched it. Okay, how do, how do we even start? Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> I literally don't even know, but I can see your excitement and I feel like mm. we're just going to get into it. Yeah. Um. So, as we know, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women is loosely based on a true story, which I love. How loose? This, so I did some Googling, not that loose at all. At the centre, we have a budding polyamorous relationship with three people. Professor Marston, who's played by Luke Evans, and then we have Elizabeth Marston, played by Rebecca Hall. Mm. And Amen. then we have one of their students, um, Olive, who's played by Bella Heathcote. So, I mean, in 1928, William Marsden is lecturing at Har- Harvard. Um, <laughs> I feel like I just always have to say Harvard like that, and I don't know why. Um, but he's lecturing at Harvard. Um, and what's Elizabeth doing? Is Elizabeth just there? No, Was- she. I think she technically is... She's also hired by the university, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm, but they won't Maybe let her do her just, PhD. They won't give her the PhD, even though she wrote ah. like a thesis. Sexism. Mm-hmm. And 
Olive is one of their students, uh, and then basically, what are they point, lecturing in? What are they lecturing in? Psychology. Yeah, sexy. <laughs> why? Why psychology? Hot? Because you're, so you're studying the brain, the mind. The, the brain soul. is the sexiest organ. And hey, amen. <laughs> and um, on top of that, on top of that, um, Professor Marson is studying a theory or came up with a theory. That's just very sexual in nature. The d- called talking, disc theory. Mm-hmm. Disc theory. Yeah. Do you want to explain yeah. what disc theory is? Well, so it's, oh, I need to remember it. It's domination. Oof. Domination. Or, like or dominance. dominance. Influence. Yeah. Steadiness. And no, this is not it. This is probably the modern disc theory. <laughs> so the disc theory at the time. Dominance, inducement, steadiness, or and compliance. Because they talk a lot about submission in the film, as 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 like under the S bracket. Mm. So it's like dominance is submission. Part. Yeah. yeah, you see where we're going with this. But basically, at this time, William and Elizabeth are kind of pioneering the early discovery of the lie detector test. Um. They are working on a lie detector device or what has now become the lie detector device. Um, And they take Olive on as a research assistant. But then things, things happen. Not how I, so, okay. So not how I remember because I watched this film kind of maybe 2018, 2019. Turns out, remember absolutely nothing from it, but that shouldn't surprise you because my memory has gone to crap was watching it and i was like i don't remember any of this this is really fun but i don't remember so how it plays out is that olive falls in love with elizabeth and that's not how i remember it at all so i i was like this is so much gayer than i remember this is great right <laughs> oh. so basically the the couple elizabeth and what william Marston, yeah. Professor Marston, yeah. they, well, definitely, first of all, Professor Marston really has an eye on Olive. Like, he's so fascinated by her and keeps looking at her. And yeah. Elizabeth can tell. And, and they're clearly very open-minded people, which, I mean, there's psychology researchers. But Elizabeth even mentions that she doesn't feel any sexual jealousy. So if Professor Marston wants to pursue her, that's fine by her. Right. So the, it's kind of open from the start, like they they are pursuing Olive, or at least Professor Marston is. But then the closer they get to Olive, the more that dynamic shifts, and then we get Olive's perspective into it. And like you say, Olive falls in love with Elizabeth first, I would say. I mean, mm-hmm. you could argue that she falls in love with both at the same time, but come on, dude. This, this stuff she says to Elizabeth... Mm-hmm. The fact that the that's wall. explored first, because... Like there's this 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 real like awkwardness and like stiltedness between Elizabeth and Olive. And at first, like I I personally thought that the first half of the film, like the acting was really awkward and really stilted. Like and I didn't enjoy I enjoyed the second half a lot more. And there's a moment there's a pivotal moment where that changes for me, and we'll talk about that later. But the first half of the film, I was like, this is really like like I'm not really getting the performance like Elizabeth and Olive aren't really gelling for me and then I kind of went away and thought about it and I was like wait is that because they're trying to suss each other out and there's this kind of like 
relationship between what they refer to as sexual jealousy versus professional jealousy where it's like how is olive interacting with them is it to do with professionalism or is it to do with sex and sexuality and you kind of see that as olive and elizabeth's relationship to each other progresses and then later in connection with william as well it's kind of like what's happened what's ha- what are the what are their motivations what what what, what what's happening um oh there's like all these questions of boundaries swirling around so so many questions you're so right about that and there's so much so much staring between um olive and elizabeth staring. which i will die on the hill of staring is like the best thing in lesbian cinema like, listen sorry, to but... our episode with queer girl film club to find out more about the staring trope oh, in queer God. film i love staring so much and there's a lot of staring in this and yeah. um like you say there's a lot of questions about boundaries and and about sexual jealousy profession basically everything you just said and then we get olive's background as well like we get to know that she has a fiance and there's absolutely mm-hmm. zero chemistry between the two of them chemistry. Honestly, they've really just focused in on this like trajectory of Thruple because he is so irrelevant. I was like, bye. Like everything you're saying, your lines are terrible. I want you off the screen. Like from very early on, we also kind of get the dichotomy of his relationship to Olive and their relationship to Olive because just through the lens of, for example, the sorority, like his relationship to Olive in regards to the sorority is this is how they met he's in a frat she's a sister that's how they met and then the relationship of them to olive in regards to sorority is sexual in nature Mm -hmm. it's a tale as old as time that's how all of these women you know they go to these incredible universities and meet these men and then never work olive went to harvard and then she's like you know expected to be like the housewife and all that jazz yeah and it's like, oh God, tell us all the time. But then there's this, like the three of them. Uh, fair play to the film. There's there aren't that many films that I I don't know of any. Correct me if I'm wrong. That kind of represent a three way relationship, a relationship with three people. Dude, I haven't seen a single other one. No, I haven't. E- I haven't seen another one either. Which is why I think I kind of was watching it, and I was like trying to figure out how I kind of felt when I was watching it. And they're just so intrigued by each other. There's just so Mm. much. I wouldn't call it voyeurism, but also it's kind of a bit like, you know, they're making sure that everyone is looking, but they like being looked at. So, yeah, okay, it's voyeurism. But, (laughs) like, yeah. Definitely. And that, sorry, not to bring it back to the sorority scene, but that is 100%. Let's talk about the sorority scene, because that's one of the first moments where we kind of see, oh there's actually something sexual going on here. And this is before Olive kind of admits that she's in love with Elizabeth or like wants to be with either of them. Let's unpack that first. Okay, let's let's describe the scene in case anyone hasn't seen it without Go on. without getting um banned. <laughs> people people come people come watch the film and then Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay, see. just to, to put it in in nice terms. Um <laughs> Olive helps Elizabeth and William sneak into her sorority because they're just so curious about that experience and they want to see what actually happens inside. And that happens to be pledge night or whatever. Oh yeah, so like the, the initiation. Yeah, initiation. Thing. Yeah. Thing. And, and Olive is one of the pledge 
masters or whatever i don't know what they're called i don't know how Got, sororities I don't work know. listen i'm not american <laughs> um, olive's pledge does something bad so olive has to punish her by um hitting her with a paddle and the two professors <laughs> sitting a floor up are watching this happen and their reaction to it is very intense visceral intense <laughs> Um, yeah. but Olive sees then, them looking doesn't she but I couldn't she sees and she keeps eye contact and it's so mm, outrageous and hot because <laughs> I that whole time I was like I was like what is Olive thinking what is Olive thinking like I can't, I'm trying to figure out what she's thinking because she's quite a quiet character at first and you're kind of like what are, what are you doing here and then all of a sudden it's like She's got these two, hook, line, and sinker, and she doesn't even know it. She doesn't even realize how much power she holds over them. And that's kind of the start of her journey to learning that actually she's not just submissive. And likewise with um, Elizabeth and William, that they're, because they're both very, very dominant people. But that's what the film's really good at. It's kind of flip flops the narrative between like, Yes, you can be dominant, but you can also be submissive. I'm not just talking in a sexual way. <laughs> not just talking in a sexual way. There's other things at play in the film to do with feeling dominant and feeling submissive that they have that they kind of have to interrogate. Also, the whole time I did have the disc theory uh, thing written down um, from the film in my notes. Dominance, inducement, submission, compliance is how they refer to it in the film but the um the sorority scene there's lots of reference to babies and it makes me very uncomfortable it's so weird i don't understand it was 1928 yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) they're having a baby party they're basically all dressed as babies the sorority (laughs) sisters this is why this king is oh i didn't say that earlier (laughs) (laughs) that's okay so this is what happens in a scene this is why there's the the because it's like a punish child punishment obviously now this is weird mm-hmm. but back then but then to like sexualize that <laughs> but they're all adults mm. yeah and they don't sexualize it in the ritual it's the other two that are sitting yeah on okay, the balcony that sexualize it yeah good point <laughs> Ooh. yeah there's a lot of layers yeah we kind of move forward a little bit to when they're kind of establishing their theories to do with the lie detector test um they start studying bodily response in relation to lying and truth it's very masters of sex i've got to say that kind of measuring a heart rate and the body's response it's very like (laughs) but then i like the line where william says your body will always betray you and then that kind of leads to them testing the lie detector test are you in love with my husband? All this kind of shenanigans. Yeah, it's they're very straightforward and honest, and you can tell that they're very intrigued. All three of them. So mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 go for the questions that matter. And Olive even makes a whole point of it that the lie detector doesn't work if there's no stakes in it. So they yeah. really get at what's been happening under the covers. You know, all this tension building between them. Um, so they use this lie detector kind of as a medium to to get it out in the open. Because, I mean, you have to think about this. It's 1928. 
obviously polyamory does not exist like it does now mm-hmm. now we know about it back then i'm sure that was the, like, so taboo they even say it's legal right like it's it's just super taboo more than homosexuality yeah. i would say right which is also present in this so oh, it's yeah. just like kind of not having the especially all of you can tell like she doesn't have the words to even describe the way she's feeling the other two are more open and a bit more older so they can see but okay sexual pleasure da, 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 da. yeah also they have such a larger understanding of psychology and like you know that that makes them more open as well um, exactly that they under understand these things from an academic level so they don't see it as wrong which it isn't that's it I mean, and Olive um, doesn't really, I don't think she does sees it as wrong either. She's actually very open as well. She just mm-hmm. doesn't have as much knowledge, Yeah, I think, or she doesn't quite, she's but she's very eager to explore. And this is what I love so much about her character is that she, she doesn't shy away from exploring and she doesn't shy away from like jumping into the deep end. She just yeah. does it. I think and it takes right. a while to develop that those thoughts. And this is why the lie detector is like such, like the medium they use to bring it to the forefront yeah i don't think i try no i don't think i appreciated that as much in the first half of the film and then kind of when you get when you progress further into the film like everything you've said i kind of have more of a an appreciation for actually her character is going through quite a lot of change in quite a short space of time and it's really interesting to watch um, how, because obviously William and Elizabeth, they have such, as you said before, such a mutual respect for each other um, and such an understanding. They've known each other a long time. And the way Olive just kind of slots into that is really interesting and how it's just like such a non-issue for her to kind of come into an, a pre-existing marriage and like disrupt that but not in a I don't mean disrupt in like a in a negative way it's yeah it's really interesting like I've never seen I know it came out in 2017 but I've never seen another film kind of tackle that in that way before and not like a having an affair negative kind of way it's like very sex positive and affirming Mm. it's quite nice it's refreshing (laughs) to kind of see that and I, th- I think this is why why it's important to have her fiance in it just for a little bit, was because it really shows that contrast of this is how it's supposed to be, and this is how she differs. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, maybe I mean I don't know. Obviously, it's 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 still a bit of a okay as a non polyamorous person, which I think is a lot of people, right? It's still kind of wild to imagine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't agree. know if you agree, but and, and yeah, not yeah. in a negative way. It's just like wow, this is definitely out there. But see, imagine that in the context of 1928, when you're not even allowed to be gay. In the States, like in, in, in Europe, like in Paris, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But like in, in, <laughs> in, in such a religiously charged country and like in such a environment. Like, and, you know, they do have consequences throughout the film. William and Elizabeth lose their jobs and things happen later down the line as they get more entwined in each other's lives. And yeah, it's interesting to see from that context. Whereas now, like, I was trying to think, um, I don't know many examples of polyamory in my own life. Again, not polyamorous. But I think people still do 
view it as taboo. Not in the same way and to the same extent. Obviously, it's not against the law to be polyamorous. But yeah, it's still interesting to think about in a contemporary I, context. Yeah, and I think it's even more rare because it's they're like a throuple. They're, to, yeah. they're one big relationship. Yeah. Instead of, you know, how... I know some people that are poly, but they have like a main partner and then they date on the side. Yeah, or, yeah. Like like that but this is like a formation of a relationship with three people that are equally in a relationship yeah like this is like it's just like it's so hard to imagine right it's crazy it's a lot rarer for everyone to kind of be like coexisting in the same space yeah so anyway love it (laughs) pretty crazy (laughs) yeah well as we were saying the plot twist is that Olive falls in love with Elizabeth, well, admits that she's fallen in love with Elizabeth first. I see you in everything you do. That's what she says. I see you in everything you do. God. Like, literally, stop. A woman saying that to you? Like, please. The fact that Elizabeth didn't jump on Olive that moment? (laughs) Well. Girl is strong. She's strong. I also, it took me a while to realize that she's English. (laughs) no way she had some british accent no well her accent was really weird like that because obviously there's like like... a little there's like a little twang in there but then she said she said that she's from the isle of man and i was like what a rogue reference to be in this (laughs) film i love then yeah of course she was she was born in the isle of man but she was raised in the states yeah i love it represent english queens Mm. yeah uh, there's a line, I can't remember who says the line, but the line is suffering Sappho. And I feel like that encapsulates Elizabeth's journey a lot. Uh, we all can relate Love to it. the suffering Sappho. Yeah. Can we talk about when Olive admits to Elizabeth that she's in love with her? Please. <sighs> so, okay, basically they're doing the lie detector stuff all over again, right? This is the moment where Elizabeth asks her husband, who is attached to the machine, if he's in love with Olive. And he says no, but obviously the machine starts fluttering up and down. Yeah, And Elizabeth experiences jealousy and she gets she gets mad. She says, like, this is done. This is over. She runs out of the room. Olive, Olive, who is in love with Elizabeth, runs after Elizabeth, follows her into a room, Elizabeth is like, no, this is over. Get your coat, get your stuff, get out. This is done. Do you not understand? Olive is like, no, you 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 got it wrong. There's nothing going on between him and me. I love you. I love <coughs> you. And she goes up to Elizabeth and she kisses her. And sorry, Elizabeth, little sweetheart, kisses her back, mm-hmm. kisses her back, and then suddenly like pushes her away. Is like, ah, oh, get out. She just gives in to her uh, desires for a split second, enough for the audience member to be like, plot twist! Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Seriously, but that that was kind of an anticlimax for me. The the thing that well, I've got a quote before this moment that I assume William says at some point: "Together, you are the perfect woman." Yeah, and I'm like, ah. ah okay um Mm -hmm. so again the issues of free love like william is able to have that perspective where he's got although to be honest all of them have it where they've kind of got like different parts 
of like like different I don't know how to explain. But you know how for William, like Elizabeth is like this like cutthroat, cutting edge, like wicked intelligent academic, and then Olive is still intelligent and wonderful, but she's kind of like offers the sweeter side, the more kind of gentle and maternal side. So I can kind of see why he says that, but I was also like, whoa, that's a big thing to throw out there. Um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. the first kiss I was between Elizabeth and Olive, I was kind of like, eh, that was going to happen. Cool. What changed the game for me with this film? Because this kind of whole this whole time, I'm kind of taking it all in. I'm kind of like, mm, yeah, it's okay. But the moment that changes that my whole outlook where the switch is flipped is when they are in that auditorium they run into the auditorium Elizabeth and Olive and they have this huge passionate kiss and William walks in on them uh, and they stop kissing and Elizabeth turns to see William and she holds out her hand and he goes to join, join them and the three of them are standing together that for me is the turning point. That was the moment where I was like, okay, now this is good. This like the film has woken up. <laughs> you needed a threesome for it to get good. <laughs> it's just that moment where I think for me it's, it's so like, good. I think for me it's Olive in that moment. Cause all of like I'm I was kind of like she's kind of a meh character. Like she's the she's the uh, in my head, without meaning to, I'd kind of had her as the other woman. But in that auditorium, when she she grabs Elizabeth and she kisses her, it's like something has been unlocked in her. Like suddenly she's woken up and suddenly she has the power to seduce both William and Elizabeth. She's got the upper hand. And that's when I was like, yes, okay, got it. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Because we and see this, the this... disc theory shifting and all of all of the things. <sighs> it's in motion. God. God. I this follows a scene where basically they have this whole break where they don't talk to each other for a while right after what just happened that we just talked about the first mm-hmm. kiss mm-hmm. and then Olive goes back just in the middle of the night and she's like I don't know what I'm doing here I don't know what I'm doing here and they they put her on the lie detector and William asks her are you in love with me and Olive says no she's <laughs> lying he asks are you in love with Elizabeth she says no She's lying. And then she feels like she's being put on the spot and they're just there to make her feel uncomfortable or make fun of her. Mm-hmm. So she runs away. And then it's Elizabeth that follows. So it switches around. Yeah. It's, it is around. that then when they kiss in the auditorium at that point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then they walk into the auditorium. Well, Elizabeth then... is chasing after her. She wants her. Yeah. Like, as you say, yeah. it switches. That's when the film yeah. wakes up for me. Because I'm like, ah, yes, okay. Uh, also, that scene... Yeah, that that first scene where they're all together in a in a sexual way is so good because it's, it's just very fun. well done. Like the camera it's kind fun. of fun. Yeah, it it kind of gives them all equal time, which that's is nice. It. Yeah, equality and yeah, yeah, that's a good. So scene. yeah, anyway, from that from that moment on, they are obviously together as a mm-hmm. throuple, and this causes some issues. Because they're not very discreet, which is exactly what Olive's fiance tells her. Still her fiance, by the way. Still engaged. <laughs> still engaged. Um, also, I just comes- love 
I just love, first of all, that they're so obsessed with each other. The three of them, they just can't hide it. I'm like, fair right. play. They're just all over each other. There's like a montage of them like like nudging each other and like whispering to each other like in public and you're like, oh my god, Ronchi. Literally being so indiscreet. Um so yeah, fiance comes visits com- comes to visit Olive at her sorority house and is like, You didn't even try to hide it. You don't not even <laughs> trying to be discreet. No and nothing is mentioned. He doesn't say what it is, she doesn't need to know. Everyone knows what they're no, talking but- about. <laughs> But also, she just gives the ring back. I know. I was gonna say she doesn't say anything. She just takes her ring off and hands it back to him. And I was like, "Power move, Olive." I actually oh love that. She's like, "I'm getting the best <laughs> end of my life. I don't need you anymore." <laughs> Bye, random irrelevant fiance man, which I can't remember the name of. <laughs> Who can? Who cares? <laughs> I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And He's then he goes too vanilla for her. Yeah, <laughs> too fun. vanilla. She's she's tasted mint choc chip now. Ah, like my favorite ice cream flavor. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I think I'm trying to think. What is my favorite ice cream flavor? It always used to be like honeycomb, like the one you get in Cornwall, like the Cornish ice cream honeycomb. That sounds amazing. Or like the caramel with like bits in. Is it for? Mm. For being vegan, I love honeycomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will eat. I will eat it. I think care. there's a good vegan mint choc chip in Tesco. Oh, I should try that. You should. I'm going to try that. I will. Okay, anyway. Uh, now she's tasted mint choc chip. She doesn't want vanilla anymore. Oh, God, um, no. Yeah. Because she can get mint and choc chip at the same time. Oh, God. <laughs> What more would you want? And it's working out great because guess yeah. what? They get fired and then Olive gets pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote on my notes, but then she is pregnant and they are ruined, lost jobs and prospects. And why is that so pride and prejudiced? I'm 27 oh. years old. I've got no money and no prospects. I'm a burden Girl, to same. my parents and I'm frightened. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. Did you see that Pride and Prejudice turned 25 years old like a few days ago? Oh my god. The film, not the book. <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday, PMP. Happy birthday. Am I oh my god, actually, I should check our Twilight poll whilst I'm here. Oh, I voted. I, think I, know, I knew it voted. was you. I knew it was you. <laughs> I, we had one vote when I on the day of the podcast going up. Twas me. Twas me. Twas I. Yeah. Now we have... Oh, we still have one vote. 
Tis I, tis I. But let this be a sign to go to our Gay Actually channel, listen to our latest episode, and vote on the Twilight poll. There's only one right answer, and that answer is yes. Thank you for listening. <laughs> on our latest episode, go and have a look. Do all the things. So anyway, now we've had that little ad break. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like, right? <laughs> Let's get back to Professor Marsden and the Wonder Women. So yeah, pregnant and jobless. So the three of them move to the suburbs or suburbia. I don't know. They're um, kind of struggling for money. Um, Olive is living with them because she's pregnant and they're just running out of money. So Elizabeth gets a job as a secretary and Professor Marston tries uh, to tries a million times to come up with some type of book that will sell copies. Right. Then Olive gives birth and when they're all in the hospital together, it's just the sweetest little moment. It's they, so cute. It's so cute. They just look like a, they look like a family. And Elizabeth and and William are just so. I don't. I just very emotional and like mm-hmm. very. It's all very tender, and you can kind of. Well, they they say it. They say like, yeah, we're a family. We're gonna make this work. Yeah, and one thing that I loved, one thing that I loved so much, and this is before this, this is when when they find out that Olive is pregnant, is that William tells Elizabeth that it's her child too. Just because he's the one with the with the swimmers, oh, it, it's Elizabeth's <laughs> child just as much because they literally mm-hmm. all did it together in the same place at the same time. How nice is that? Like, it's just that's actually, so amazing. It's actually kind of magical. I really, I love that. Um, and that that's the thing that really struck me about the film as well. And then the real life story, because in real life, this actually did happen. Elizabeth and Olive have two children each with William. So Olive has two boys with William and Elizabeth has a boy and a girl with William. But the thing about it is that they all raise, there's no jealousy. There's no like, well, my mummy, my mama. Like there's, it's equal they've got a dad they've got two mums no one kind of holds one thing over the other like they're all their own children equally they've all got four children and i think that's really nice yeah (laughs) i really love how they represent that in the film and in real life um i did some research and william and elizabeth did adopt olive's children so legally, they were their children as well, um, oh. which I was thinking, I wonder how that worked, like with the birth certificate or whatever. Legally, can you have three parents listed uh, at that at that time? Maybe if they, if they played it off like Oliver did to, to the neighbours, which is that her mm. husband died and the Marsons took her in. Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. In That's that way, true. they could adopt the children. Yeah. But it was just nice to kind of see that represented in the film as it happened in real life. So they're yeah. all one big happy family. But yeah. then what happens? What happens? A bunch oh. of rope. A yeah, bunch of rope. I was going to say, talk to me about the rope. Girl. So Professor Marston, aka William, is strolling down the street and stops upon a... 18 plus looking shop with um, corsets, burlesque outfits in the window. He walks in and he says that he wants to buy a burlesque outfit for his wife for Halloween, which I mean, dude, pop off. That's hot. 
love it <laughs> love it we'll do this for next year's halloween if i'm married by then let's see i'm kidding oh totally kidding. That i was, was like, not what? an announcement totally I, kidding i was like what's happening and, Guys, and is I'm that engaged. the way you choose to tell me <laughs> outrageous Imagine. outrageous i would have been Imagine. fuming anyway anyway um <laughs> so we're in the shop <laughs> and um <laughs> the french shopkeeper with the mustache is like are you part of the what did I didn't even say the club? It's kind of like, are you a friend of Dorothy? But then in a kinky oh, yeah. way instead of a homosexual way. Oh, let me show you some <laughs> fee from France. <laughs> um, Dr. Marson, sorry, Professor Marson, William, goes home with all this porn, which by the way, <laughs> I I literally had to pause the screen to look at this porn because I was like, there's no way this is just on the screen. It's pornography. Yeah. But it's it's like, like super explicit. It's like thirties pornography, so it's like little, Which is draw- like it's little, little comic. drawings, yeah, little yeah. discreet drawings. Like I don't know why I'm doing this, as if you can see, but like the size of a coaster, like just sexy drawings. Exactly, um, doing crazy stuff, and um, some photographs as well. Anyway, the 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 two women, the girlfriends, <laughs> the two women are like, what, why did you bring this home? Like what? why did you bring this home and he's like no it's for research for my disc theory look this is yeah, yeah, this yeah. one image shows everything from d-i-s c do you know what i mean <laughs> so and they're like sure 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 your research your they're like research. stop thinking with your d-. i just the way she says it actually made me lull like stop feeding your fantasies so, exactly and so calling funny. it research because valid call him out yeah dirty man that reminds me of when i took that class at indiana university where we literally watched in wait class. what <laughs> not i think you have told me this but i just was <laughs> we took it was called sex in the media and we everyone knew that when you sign up for this class in week six we watched in the classroom wow anyway it was wild it was wild and then we write essays about it film film theory is weird <laughs> it is i mean um, they literally mentioned Freud in this film and penis envy. Yeah, film theory. There's a lot. There's a lot of old phallic theory still in film theory. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. we don't need to talk about Freud anymore, in my opinion. But that's just me. I think that's how Freud anyway. quota reached. Uh, moving in, on, really, like yeah, and like, is it still relevant? I don't know. I don't know. Even Elizabeth in 1928 didn't think it was relevant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I trust Elizabeth's judgment. That's it. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on from the <laughs> talk, <laughs> Professor Marson convinces the ladies, his girlfriend slash wife and wife, to go to the shop with him and go to like a type of bondage workshop. Is how I would put it. Yeah, and you know it, what? it looks like a workshop, right? Yeah, fair play. There are still workshops, events. They're all very safe, all very consensual. I've never personally been interested, but I have a very sex positive attitude. You do you. Love that for you. But yeah, this this is like a, a not very regulated, really random, looks like a weird circus workshop thing. It, it does look like a circus. It's also in like the back room of this sex shop and yeah. it's all very legal and undercover. And you have to be like 
Dr. Martin meets this guy, this is how he gets in. But I'm mm-hmm. sure it's like you need someone to get you in there, blah 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 type of situation. Yeah. But anyway, it's what I love so much. And this makes this makes me feel sad. Like this is the type of stuff that I will think about and then I will get a bit sad. Is that it's so natural the way this all happens. Like no one is exposed to any of this. They can they find out about this in a very natural organic way mm-hmm. which is impossible now like you can't like you learn what bdsm is when you're like 12 right like is it just me or like uh, yeah. <laughs> i don't think i was that young but but i'm just saying it's kind of it's really nice to see a scenario where this type of sexual exploration happens mm-hmm. in a way that is not so forced or fabricated mm-hmm. like i feel that it is now yeah, no. I see this what is what makes saying. it feel authentic and interesting, and this is why I love those scenes because it's you can see this revelation that is something that just doesn't exist in this world anymore. Like you don't have those kind of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm maybe I'm just exaggerating, but it it makes me feel like it's just an experience that we can't have. And and that's yeah, not, okay. I'm, I'm being very emotional about BDSM, which I'm no. really not. I'm just putting way too mean, much weight though. on this subject. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. As a broader theme, like we ca- we don't really, as people, just stumble across things anymore. No. Like everything is out there for us to access, which is great in some ways, but like we'll never have that thing again. I don't know what that is, but I want to find out. Kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I didn't phrase that very well. And there's something, yeah, but this true, and there's something so excited, so exciting about it. And you can mm-hmm. tell them them. And the, what I love so much about this scene is, so Olive discovers that she's a submissive, right? And yeah. she she's so fascinated by this woman being tied up in front of her in a way that Elizabeth isn't at all. So you have this really stark contrast between the two. Yeah. And 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 Olive volunteers to go. And be tied up, mm-hmm. but she she really wants it, and you can see that excitement and that intrigue and interest, and and this is why I love so much. I was like, wow, go Olive, go all. Well, okay, <laughs> my word just stopped halfway. Oh, go all. I was gonna say go Olive, and then I was gonna say go off, and then I just just stopped. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, I really like that scene for that reason, not because it's bondage just because of that initial discovery yeah um it's great but elizabeth doesn't have a very good reaction to it does she and i was trying to figure out if it was because she wasn't into it or if it it was because she thought that olive felt like she had to do it like if olive felt like she had to be submissive and she was like are you sure this is what you want yeah to me it kind of wasn't in like a judgmental hateful way it was kind of in like a are you okay? We don't, you know, we our sex doesn't have to include this, right? Yeah, and also that I think there was a bit of a feminist thing to it as well. Of don't let a man tie you up like that. Like yeah. you don't need to submit to a man, and that kind of distinguishing, like submission in the world or submission sexually, that Elizabeth wasn't quite there yet, but mm-hmm. she she does come around very soon, kind of in the same scene. Yeah. And you know I what? Mean, it's like, literally that theory they, that he has been focused on his entire life. This is literally it, right? Yeah. Hypothesis proven. <laughs> <laughs> With my two wives and my rope. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. Um, well, this this is the birth of Wonder Woman. Yes, I was going to say we haven't talked about Wonder Woman, and it's very much intertwining, so to speak. Pardon the pun. Fantasy <laughs> with reality. Wonder Woman comes from bondage? Question mark. Apparently, yeah, about polyamorous bondage. Yeah, and and William injects his ideas of psychology into these comic books that he comes up with. He's not a practicing psychology professor anymore, so he thinks, do you know what? I'll write a comic book and I'll call her Wonder Woman and goes to the guy that has got made famous for Superman and they create the Wonder Woman comics. And... It goes, it goes really well at first. They're very, very popular. But then soon, kind of, Wonder Woman starts getting banned because moral there's too many, too many depictions. Yep, moral panic, exactly. And there's too many depictions of bondage and queerness, um, sexual tension, all that, all that fun stuff. Also, Wonder Woman, the suffering Sappho. Amen. I would really, I could talk about Wonder Woman all damn day our lovely friends at the phantom zone podcast uh have more of the nerdy comic book perspective so maybe we should reach out to them and talk about wonder woman in more depth but i really do think there's something to be said for the lack of bisexual representation of wonder woman like where is she hello why am i not seeing enough because Mm -hmm. it's quite clear that wonder woman is a queer polyamorous person if this film is anything to go by, yeah, I could be wrong. But no. also, she lives on an island with all women, and then a man all falls onto women. the uh, falls onto the world or the island. I didn't explain yeah. it very well. Sounds like my dream island, dream vacation, <laughs> an all women it's like island, a gay cruise, but for lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like that episode in the L Word where they're on that gay cruise, but on an island. Enough. In the original L word, they go on this queer boat party. Dana, no, I was going to say Dana's still alive, but that's a fat L word no, spoiler. Because it's after Dana dies, I've barely seen anything. Well, Sorry. Dana's still alive during this, so it must be before season three. But it's with, it's when she's it. with Tanya, mm-hmm. and then her and Alice are like secretly hooking up. Sorry, I'm so sorry if you've not seen the L word. Uh, start watching <laughs> by now. Come on. <laughs> yeah um so it's kind of like that but um yeah what did you think of the whole kind of um, i don't know comics that well but i know gay stuff well um and gay comics i mean yeah i don't know if it was anyway blah 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 what do do you think of all of that kind of them kind of implying that his life informed wonder woman dude like for real i understand where this woman's coming from like trying to raise issues about Wonder Woman and not because of the queerness Mm -hmm. but looking at some of the images that were in this film but then again okay it's I feel like it's it's hard from our perspective because you're seeing how his sexual life influences these comics for kids yeah so that's difficult but then I read a lot of comics when I was a kid Belgian comics And people were tied up all the time. And I never, ever thought anything sexual about that. Because as a kid, you don't look at a rope and think, ooh, bondage. (laughs) You know what I mean? As a kid, you look at a rope and you go, rope. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You think, oh, no. Oh, kidnapping. Like, Mm -hmm. no. 
So I don't think I don't think that comics did any harm to any children. No. But I'm saying that with a very uninformed opinion. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm just trying to think about no. my own personal experience. It's but, something it's something that's worth thinking about and I'm sure comic book enthusiasts and experts have kind of spoken about it, but like how content in comic books affects or influences kids and, and that kind of thing. But again, I agree with you. I don't really see it as a threat. If it was a male protagonist, they wouldn't be saying those things. Like, hand on heart, that's just what I believe. I think if it was a man dealing with these issues in a comic book, I don't think the moral panic would have been as intense. It's when women are portrayed, even though she's a fictional woman, well, fictional to an extent, according to this film. But, rah, rah, rah. but like, when a, fi- when a woman is portrayed as being dominant, aggressive, powerful over men that's when the moral panic kicks in so i'm with you that's it yeah i was gonna say that a brief history of wonder woman as they kind of talk about at the end of the film you know when you know when the films have the text come up for like added historical context in the biopics love it um (laughs) what from what i remember wonder woman was banned in the 40s for its inappropriate content but then in the 70s early 70s gloria steinem reintroduces wonder woman to the american magazine um and this is the time where second wave feminism in the united states is really popping off so gloria steinem's like hey wonder woman remember this thing from 30 years ago that you all hated here she is and then wonder woman became iconic and who knew all along behind Wonder Woman were two women mm-hmm. in a polyamorous relationship? Honestly, iconic. Uh, live, laugh, love it. Love to see the queer undertones, which is why I'm like, can someone please just make an explicitly queer Wonder Woman, please? Right. Thank you. That's all mm. I ask. And then we'll actually have some queer comic book content to talk about with the Phantom Zone, our lovely friends so true shout out guys yeah it's like you say the the queerness is so nice in this film much more positive william than also, i remember yeah also want to like point out that william really isn't overbearing as the man in the relationship like he very no. much respects and even puts like his women on a pedestal almost you know i mean he writes a comic a comic book about them yeah, but, that's so true. I re- that's such a refreshing representation of a man. You know, actually, he respects them both so much in so many ways. And you're right, because there's a scene where Elizabeth and Olive are getting a bit cheeky. And mm. he kind of gets home and then sees this and then kind of lingers in the doorway and waits to be invited in. And I was like... Yeah. I like that. But he doesn't just like throw himself into the action that he's kind of like, oh, they're having a nice moment. Oh, I can join. Okay, cool. And that's, it's nice that they all just, again, they all have that respect for each other. Um, they're all mm. equal players. Do you want to talk about the like... How they get found out? Yes. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we followed them in their domestic life for a good amount of time because the kids are getting old like uh, I think even 15 years or something we just see them grow up yeah and they're they're making it work it's all good and then one day 
Olive convinces Elizabeth to stay home from work. <laughs> and they are p- playing as adults. And one of the neighbors <laughs> so kindly made a delicious dish, I'm sure. Yeah, but why them. did she invite herself in? I don't know, suburbia. Anyway, this woman walks in <laughs> with a casserole <laughs> and she walks into a scene <laughs> of Elizabeth and William tied up and Olive standing next to them dressed as a nurse. <laughs> let's, let's not even begin to unpack that. Dude, I thought she was going to drop the casserole, but instead she just covers her eyes and she's like, oh, 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 the devil is in the room exactly oh and then well yeah from then obviously everything goes sour um so the kids are being harassed at school are being assaulted at school yeah and then um william goes over to confront the neighbors and and they say that they should just take their kids out of school and that that they should involve their kids in this abominable lifestyle and And all the stuff freaks oh they're called freaks they're fighting yeah everything turns really bad um, and then Elizabeth, but Elizabeth, her character is just very like, I'm not going to say rigid. That's not, that's not the word, but she's very like, very logical, very rational, very matter of fact. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Cause she surprised me in this scene, but you're right. Yeah, it is because she, she just thinks things through. That's it. Like she, she really separates emotion from fact. I want to say that's not, that's not it. But yeah. No, anyway, I know what you mean. She, yeah, she, so she tells Olive that she needs to go, which is heartbreaking because Olive has been part of this family for, for what, fifteen years at this point. Yeah, but and just Olive's never seen she came in. That's it. But just because she she came in later and she's not actually part of the marriage, she's the one that has to go. Mm-hmm. So really, really sad. Um, and then hate that bit. Yeah. Then we just get a moment in time where we see like the kids. They're all still seeing each other and Olive brings the kids over and she's clearly building a life somewhere else, which we don't really see. And then William gets ill. Do do you have anything else to say before we get into that part? I just think that the whole whole thing where Olive is absolutely heartbroken and William doesn't want her to leave. He tries to stop her from leaving because she takes her two sons or their two sons. And so yeah, he doesn't, doesn't want to. Be... He doesn't want to break up. Yeah. No, he doesn't want to break up. But because, and that's the only like thruple conflict that we get is that he doesn't want this. It's something that the two women have decided, or Elizabeth's decided. That's the only like key, like polyamorous conflict, in my opinion. But then Olive kind of, she's like, "Oh, I am the other woman," and that's not a very nice realization for her to have that she's the one that has to go because she's not the one that's married to William. Mm -hmm. And that's very, that's very sad. But yes, then as you were saying, William gets unwell and that kind of changes things. Yeah. So William gets cancer, which I mean, this man is smoking like nonstop Mm. this entire film. (laughs) It's like, dude, no judgment, just observation. Yeah, so William gets sick and um, bless her, Elizabeth calls Olive the night that he gets taken to the hospital and we see Olive actually be with them for that moment. And then after we kind of figure out that Olive hasn't been back and it's been two months. Yeah. And um, then... Crazy. 
they invite her over and turns out well this i love i love this part where william <laughs> where william tells elizabeth that he needs to let her talk for three that he that she needs to let him talk for three minutes without interruption yeah I and love elizabeth's that. like yeah fine and then william's like elizabeth wants you back blah blah, blah. starts talking for elizabeth she's losing it because she can't speak Anyway, <laughs> that bit's so funny when she's like, it's so funny when she she's a woman that loves to talk. I mean, woman after my own heart. But then <laughs> <laughs> when you just see her like seething inside, I just thought that was very funny. But he yeah. he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to force that reconciliation because he, he knows he's dying. Uh, yeah. And for, so for him to do that and, you know, make sure that his girls are back together and all the children can be together before he goes is, uh, is really heartwarming, is that it proves that his motivation has been the two of them all along. They are the most okay. important. Yeah, he makes Elizabeth get down on her knees and beg. <laughs> he gets down on his knees too. They yeah. beg Olive together to come back. And it's such a powerful moment because... They're submitting to her. Exactly. So there we have the whole disc theory. Compliance. <laughs> exactly. But also he he tells her you don't always have to be dominating. He says to Elizabeth. Yes. And it's only when she finally submits that Olive forgives her. It's so clever. It's oh, actually so clever. I don't think I gave this film enough credit. But like right. the fact that, as I kind of said at the start of this episode... They have to learn, like Olive has to learn to voice what she wants. And she does at the end. She said, you know, I want this and I want this. You know, these are my demands. And they're both like, okay. You know, she kind of learns that she can be more dominant. And then Elizabeth learns that, you know, sometimes I do have to sit back and submit. And, and like those kind of tra opposite trajectories are really, really interesting to watch unfold. Um, throughout the film and yeah. yeah and that's it William dies and Elizabeth and Olive in real life continue to live together raise their children and they live together for 38 years until Olive passes away and Elizabeth dies aged 100 yes like crazy, Olive, right? di Olive dies but then Elizabeth doesn't die for another several years like just after her one hundredth birthday, crazy. Mm -hmm. But that—that's. I like knowing that they stay together, or at least they live together. Yes, of course, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good ending. Obviously, Morrison dies, but yeah, that—that that is sad. Did you cry in this N film? No. Did you cry? I cried. I cried uh... when they begged Olive for forgiveness. You cried at I was that like, point. oh my god. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was did. it was very heartwarming. It was yeah, intense, it was, yeah. yeah. It was intensely emotional. I cried a little bit. I'm not I wasn't like, you know, but like I cried. I, I understand that though. Like it was a very moving moment where when you're in a relationship with someone, Elizabeth learns that in her relationship she has to let her guard down and be vulnerable in order for it to work. Because this is the thing, is that if you don't show your partner all of you, like if you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable, then it's just, it's not going to work. Hmm. And so, like it is, it is a very emotional moment where all three of them let their guards down simultaneously. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so nice. 
It's so it nice. Uh, I didn't expect to like feel so moved by a yeah, by a polyamorous relationship because I've never seen one on screen before. I don't think I've seen another one since on screen. If anyone's got any recommendations. No, but you know that film that's coming out with with Zendaya called Challenger. I don't know if that's actually poly. I don't think it is. No. <laughs> yeah. She definitely has a threesome. <laughs> Ah, well, if it's a poly relationship, then we'll have to review it. If it's not sad times. Romantic sports comedy drama. <laughs> okay, sports comedy. It, it, it's um, directed by the guy that did... Call Me By Your Name. Oh, so maybe it's a little fruity. Well, maybe. But anyway, crossed. he's a great director. Yeah, very good director. That the fe- The whole feel of Call Me By Your Name, I'm like sweating. Like I'm in Italy, you know? Exactly. Love it. Anywho, um, final thoughts on Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. It's hot. It's hot. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you should watch it with your parents. I really don't know. No. Not, like, explicit. Okay. <laughs> no, don't it's watch it with like, your parents. It's not like hypersexual. Like it's not like explicit. Like, but no. Okay, but you don't see. I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't watch it with my parents. But it's not like you see things like happening. Do you know what I mean? No. Mm. Like there's more explicitly sexual films that we have even talked about on the pod. But it's well, it's super sexual. It's very erotic. It's BDSM. Anyway, I do recommend it. Oh my god. I love it. it yeah. It's not my favorite queer film. Don't don't get me wrong. But I just I really like the tension and like the I like how like how it's not allowed. Like, it's so taboo. I love how taboo yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> you love a forbidden love. I do love a forbidden romance. Yeah, me too. Mm. And the yeah. man doesn't bother me. If you're scared about the man, he's not bothersome. No, he's the only man that I would want in that film. Also, Luke Evans is gay in real life. So for me, I just really uh, rate that so hard. Um, Excellent. But yeah, you're right. Like, I don't remember, it's been a few years since I've seen the film and I didn't remember it to be as good as it actually is. It's a way better than I remember. Um, I would I would also recommend it. It's it's very fun. It's just like a light, it's a, quite a light watch to an extent and there's no like real queer punishment, you know. The women end up together. It's very romantic. Yeah. They have a family together. It's very nice. Anyway. good vibes good yeah vibes. on that note thank you so much everyone for listening to this episode of the uk film review podcast if you'd like this episode we have been amber and joyce from gay actually you can follow us on instagram at gay actually podcast we also have an email address gay actually uk at gmail.com if you have any requests you can email us dm us we don't mind um, we love it we encourage it. Joyce is thirsty for the emails, as always. So, yeah. We do episodes for the UK Film Review podcast on the third Thursday of every month. So look out for us here. We also have our own Spotify channel, Gay Actually, where we do episodes kind of when we feel like it. But there'll always there'll be one once a month, usually before our UK Film Review episodes. So check us out over there. Leave a review listen along we have a poll on our most recent episode carmilla the web series uh where we have asked our listeners would you like us to do an episode on the queer readings into twilight 
So mm. if you would like that, go and vote on our poll. Yes or no, thank you. Um, and we'll yes. take your opinion into consideration. <laughs> I know which way Joyce wants it to go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Joyce, as always. It's been a joy to talk about Wonder Woman with you. And it has been a joy to do this podcast with you. <laughs> Deep. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care and goodbye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.